Hey, D-bag, it's me, Connor. Listen, I'm trying to sucker up some of that easy government skrilla to fund the next expedition, and I need some help with this damn grant application. What's another good word for synonym? Nutmeg. Really, Nambaran? Nutmeg? What in the crap are you talking about? You just totally pulled that out of your ass, didn't you? You just dropped trow, bent over at a 45 degree angle, and extracted a dripping condom full of nutmeg. Right now, didn't you, Nambaran? That just happened. Right in front of all those little Mongolian boys and girls, in front of the Bennigan's salad bar, or wherever you are right now. Of course, Bennigan's has a salad bar. Nambaran, nutmeg has nothing to do with synonyms. It couldn't be further. It's practically the frickin' opposite. It's like the antonym for synonym. And opposite is also a synonym for antonym, now that I think about it. That's kind of cute. Either way, it's a moot point. What do you mean you agree with me that it's an arguable point? Again, Nambaran, that's the opposite of what I was saying. That it's not worthy of an argument. The point is moot, and moot is... A contronym, right. Word that can mean the opposite of itself. Son of a bitch. Okay, you know what? Fuck it, I'll just go with nutmeg. Enigmatic can be a good thing. Why do I need cinnamon? I don't, really. Well, no, the occasional buttery nipple, I guess, but... Why do you... Oh, wait, you thought I said... <laughs> no, no, you mouth-breathing Mongolian troglodyte. I said synonym. <laughs> and anyways, cinnamon and nutmeg are different things too, so you're pretty much worthless. As always, Nambaran, it's been a chore. I'll let you get back to tossing salad at Bennigan's. Peace. All right, where was I? Article 3, Section B, Roman numeral 5. Research Objective... Investigation into the existence and whereabouts of legendary cryptids, particularly of the Nandi Bear variety, particularly of the brain-eating Nandi Bear variety. Location, Kenya. Research design slash methodology, um, nutmeg. Now I already used that. What's another good word for nutmeg? In Search of the Brain-Eating Nandi Bear, with Connor Chodesworth. Please make sure to use seat belt securely fastened. All tray tables, seat backs in the upright and locked position, and all carry-on items are securely stowed for landing. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. You were content to let me shine. That's your way. Sir. Balls. Okay, I'm turning it off. The Duba. The Poom Poom. The Chimmy Sit. The creature goes by many names. The natives of Kenya sometimes refer to it as Kikamabangwe, meaning disagreeable jumbo squirrel. Nagloko, the brain-eating branch beaver, or Sabruku, who wants ham? However, in countries that matter where people speak English, it's known by just three simple words, or two, not counting noun modifiers. The Nondi Bear. 
There are far too many reports of this mysterious bear to simply write it off as widespread myth. The creature is often described as looking like a hyena, but bigger, about the size of a lion or lion-sized hyena. It is said to have a brownish-red to reddish-brown coat and to only come out on the darkest of moonless nights. Some say the creature emits a terrifying howl before going on the hunt. Some say the creature only hunts in packs. Some say, love, it is a river that drowns the tender reed. Some say love, Sir? 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 Oh, for God's sakes. Oh, Miss Midler, the wind beneath my wings. The Nandi bear has been said to prey upon the children and natives of local villages, dropping down from the treetops onto victims and eating their brains like some zombie possum straight out of a Romero film. A redneck Romero film set in the woods in backcountry Arkansas or somewhere. What? I said out in the woods. That's where zombie woodland creatures would live, right? Stop looking at me funny, Jeff. Just run the goddamn camera. The Nondi bear has eluded both hunters and researchers alike, and to this day remains unclassified by most, if not all, of the scientific community. But all that's about to change. Why? Because like Kobe Bryant and like Roman Polanski, Connor Chodesworth may take a lot of long shots, but he also never takes no for an answer. What? What's going on? Interference? What does he mean, emergency? What? Going down? Sweet Mary, mother of Borno. Where's my emergency safety jacket? Jeff, Jeff, you son of a bitch, give me yours. No. Give it. I said no. Jeff, your wife is cheating on you. Everybody in the office knows it. Hmm? You've got nothing to live for anymore, you fat bastard. Hand over the jacket. No. What in the... Wait, wait, I, I don't, I can't comprehend your... No, no, see, that, that just doesn't make any sense to me. None of it makes any sense. For the love of God, woman, stop! I don't understand you! Your boobs, I reply to her quickly in Swahili. They are weird. So weird. I've never seen anything like them. They look like floppy PVC pipes. They look like boobs that only a lava lamp could produce. I'm on my knees in the sand, having just survived a massive plane crash, and everything, everything I thought I knew about boobs, my entire boob worldview, it's, it's beginning to shift underneath my feet like two massive plates of earth grinding tectonically at the fiery fault lines, reshaping the entire world as I know it, revealing that nothing in this life is as it seems. There are no answers. There are only mysteries. The topless woman stares at me, mouth agape. Some say love 
My Swahili is a bit rusty, I admit. She probably didn't understand me. Your boobs, I say again in Swahili, slowly. They have changed everything. Eating Nondi Bear. Terrifying, and yet fascinating. Like Bjork or a Tijuana Donkey Show. After sacrificing several months of my life, sanity, and dignity last year in search of the Mongolian deathworm, a quest which ultimately left my career drier than Jeff's wife on their honeymoon, hey! I intend to redeem my scientific credibility by finding this mythical bear. I shan't give up. The adorable kitten on the poster above my cubicle was very clear about what I'm to do if at first I don't succeed. Of course, all of my colleagues call me preposterous, but I assure them I'm ready. I'm finally posterous, bitches. Unfortunately, we've already experienced a small initial setback. Our flight, the Oceanic Flight 815, mysteriously crashed into the ocean, massacring everyone but myself, Jeff, the dumpy, unlikable cameraman, and our production manager, Hank, who died just as we reached shore from an ongoing and unrelated case of mad cow disease. Why is Sarah calling you, Dad? I think it's time that you let this go. Why is she calling? Because she was afraid, Dad, for you. I want to know exactly why the hell she would call. You could see that you were slipping. You were losing your grip. Move, move. After floating to shore amongst the flotsam and jetsons, we were taken in by a friendly tribe of the Bantu, a noble indigenous people with rich cultural traditions and boobs that look like sopping rolled up holiday inn towels. Mama Huyo Anaito Amina. She's beautiful. The woman who found Jeff and I washed up and lying prostrate in the sand. Her name is Wasarika Mombwe. But I call her Erica because I don't have all day. I think she likes me. And you know what they say? Once you go white, you never stop amassing the majority of the world's wealth, exploiting its resources and killing off most indigenous peoples with your diseases and bloodthirsty manifest destiny ideology. She's quite taken by me. She has brought us to the center of their village where I have requested to meet with one of their sacred holy witch doctors for more information regarding the Nandi bear's whereabouts. She says the witch doctor's right in this door. Chupa Abraham Lincoln, what the bloody hell is that? Amina amejifunika kanga kichwani. Well, I know it's a vagina. Don't you think I've seen photographs? What's it doing between that woman's legs is what I want to know. Kanga inajulikana kama leso. What? 
getting her paps smear? Uh, what does this woman's father have to do with any of this? Kanga hununuliwa katika jozi. Gynecologist? I thought you were taking me to a witch doctor. Huwa na maua? Yes, we want witch doctor. Huwa na maua? Exactly, not this doctor, witch doctor. Huwa na maua? Why do you keep repeating me, woman? Witch doctor, we need witch doctor. Oh, bloody hell, not more wordplay. Witch is a homophone. And you're trying to ask me which witch doctor we want to see. Jeff, shut your mouth. You act like you've never seen a photograph of a vagina before. Well, listen, Erica, we don't want this kind, I assure you that. We need to speak to the Walla Walla Bing Bang type. The kind that will tell us all about ancient rituals and mystical sacraments, dark curses, and bears. Kanga ni mavazi muhimu sana. What's that you say? He's right behind me. Well, well, well. Look at what the douche cat dragged in. A douche! Oh my god. Who let the douche cat out of the bag? The douche bag, of course. Douche, Chodsworth. Douche. Old rugged cross of Sasquatch, Wolfgang von Tainthammer, my old arch rival. It can't be. Your frickin' witch doctor of the Bantu? You? Really? Valla valla bing bang, Mr. Chodsworth. Vala vala, bing bang. In search of the brain-eating Nandi bear with Connor Chodesworth. Bears. There are many different varieties. Eight entirely different species of bear all around the world. Nine, if you count James Lipton. And with the exception of roughly half the Earth's continents, one can find bears inhabiting nearly every single continent on the planet. Bears are robust creatures, adept at swimming, climbing, and riding tiny little bicycles. With their keen senses of smell, bears are able to discern both prey and porridge from astonishingly far away. And just like their distant cousins, the Honey Badger and Alan Iverson, bears are often known to travel extraordinary distances. The majority of researchers in the field agree. Bears are enormously unpredictable animals capable of nearly anything. With the exception of white bears, which purportedly lack the ability to jump, as documented in several scholarly black bear journals. While polar bear scholars have typically dismissed this data outright, those in the bipolar bear community have generally accepted the claim with a limp resignation and tired self-loathing, before hopping up suddenly in a frenzied state of euphoria to clean the house or scribble out nearly a hundred pages of painfully contrived young adult werewolf fiction onto the back of a roll of damp paper towels. Yes, there are lots of different types of bear, but only one type that eats brains. It's alive. I remember. 
I remember when, as a little boy, no taller than the rusty, glaring zipper of my slouching step-uncle, how the red-hot flames of my bear passion were first kindled and set ablaze, engulfing me like a forest fire that not even I could prevent. It was my eighth birthday, and I had just opened my whiskey-slurping step-uncle's second-to-last present. There are lots of teddy bears, but only one Teddy Ruxpin. Hi, my name is Teddy Ruxpin. Hi, Teddy. Your friend is what I'd like to be. He's alive. How does he do that? He's a magic bear. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Why is Sarah calling you, Captain? He's a magic bear. He's a magic bear. James Lipton. He's alive. I think it's time that you let this go. Tiny little bicycles. <laughs> Something happened to me that day. That stuffed robotic bear ate more than just my brain. It ate my heart. It wasn't until years later, after my white-hot bear love had at last dwindled down, that I came to know of the Nondi bear. A different bear. A magical bear. And once again, I began to believe. So I came here, to Africa. Was I worried that this might be just another wild Venus goose trap chase? Did it ever cross my mind that maybe, just maybe, I'd come all this way, travelled all these hundreds of Iverstroms, for nothing, for naught, for nary? Of course it did. But sometimes in life, my friends, you just have to reach down and take the bull by the balls in order to realise that it was the horns you wanted. You really should have taken it by the horns. Thankfully, there are such things as second chances. I hear the drums echoing tonight. Lost in thought, are we, Chordsworth? Lost in thought about your mom? My mother died last year of cystic fibrosis. Not cool. It's always about being cool with you, isn't it, Taint Hammer? The Buntu tell me you've come to Kenya searching for Nandi bears. Is this true? Maybe. What's it to you? Why, my dear Chordsworth, don't be ridiculous. Nandy bears, you are nowhere near posterous. Bitch, I was born posterous. Oh, please. You couldn't catch a chupacabra with a 12-pack of goat-flavored Capri Sun. It was called Capricorn Sun, and it was too damn hard to get the frickin' straws into those tiny little holes, that's all. You couldn't find a wingman in a bar full of fatties. Well, of course I couldn't. Wingmen roost in caves, not bars. What I needed was a cave full of fatties. You couldn't spot a skunk fox on an entire television network called Fox News. Come on, if Rupert Murdoch's people can't dig up something on those stinky little bastards by now, nobody can. Admit it, Chordsworth. You're nothing but a hopeless romantic. Ein Unverbesserlicht, if you will. And you're nothing but a douchebag from Germany. Ein Deutschbag, if you will. You're out of your league here, Chordsworth, I assure you. You come here wanting to hunt Nandy bears, yet you have no manpower, no weapons, no supplies. You simply have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Don't bring a dildo to a knife fight, Mr. Chordsworth. Don't tell me what to do with my dildos, Mr. Taint Hammer. 
All right, worm boy. Your artificial vang. Your funeral. As I'm sure you are well aware, however, the Nandi Bear hunts only under the full cover of darkness. No doubt you are also aware that tomorrow night a full lunar eclipse will occur that will blanket the pale Kenyan moon in shadow for several hours, allowing a window of absolutely perfect Nandi conditions. Ten long years I've waited for this moment, Chodesworth. Ten long years. I've embedded myself deep in the culture of the Bantu people, studied and observed the land, graduated as a witch physician at the top of my class, and all for just one reason. All for just one thing. A different type of bear. A magical bear. A brain-eating bear. Exactly! Chodesworth, you and I may have our differences, but we have one thing in common also. We both know the red-hot touch of passionate bear love. I know these bears. I know where to find them. I know how to catch them. And, well, I was going to offer you my help. Your help? And what exactly would you be wanting in return for your help? Why, simply co-publication, of course, regarding the find. Co-publication? Not in a million Iverstrom's taint hammer. Do you really think I would ever co-author a paper with someone like you? Someone so excruciatingly ridiculous? If worms were fish, the mating and courtship behaviors of Mongolia's deadliest worm, the Mongolian death worm, by Connor Chodesworth and the god Emperor Barno. Okay, listen, that was an awkward situation. There was an army of holy warriors involved. Oh, all right. We'll co-publish the findings. But how do I know I can trust you, Taint Hammer? Why, you don't, Herr Chodsworth. You don't. I suppose you'll just have to... How do you say? Take the bull. By the balls? Eugenie Mombasa. And believe, says Erica. And believe, I repeat. Slowly. And in the first person, to close out the episode of my nature documentary miniseries. And believe. In search of the brain-eating Nandi Bear with Connor Chodesworth. Kenya, the perfect holiday destination for people who enjoy hot weather, beautiful sunsets, commercial ship repair, and brain extraction by horrifying, seemingly undead bear monsters. Tonight, a lunar eclipse befalls the jungle, allowing just a few minutes of complete and total darkness. The local Bantu villagers are terrified of the eclipse phenomenon, calling it a cursed time when the face of the diurnal moon goes completely dead, like a Burger King employee that can no longer find it within himself to correct customers that ask for McNuggets. They say that a dark spirit inhabits the jungle in times such as these, a mysterious cat-like creature which speaks in riddles through a floating set of teeth and eyes. Any other time, of course, I would seek to learn more about these ethereal cat ghosts, 
However, according to my new colleague, Wolfgang von Tainthammer, these conditions are also ideal for the true object of our desires. The brain-eating non-de-bear. A trap has been set to capture one of the beasts. Apparently, prior to my arrival, one of the more creative locals had drafted plans and constructed an intricate Rube Goldberg device involving an overly complex hatch in the ground and some bird that would punch in a repeated coded number sequence with buttons that needed to be pressed to reset some timer, all sorts of... Imagine a large-scale communal research compound where scientists and freethinkers from around the globe could pursue research in... Station 3 was originally constructed as a laboratory where scientists could work to understand the unique electromagnetic fluctuations emanating from this sector. You see that you were slipping, you were losing your grip. Sir. Balls. Okay, I'm turning it off. There was an incident. Like Bjork, like Bjork or a teal on a donkey show. Every 108 minutes, a button must be pushed. Sir. Oh, for God's sakes. Either you or your partner must input the code. James Lipton. He's a magic thing. Hell, don't let him near each other. Turn it off. I couldn't see the point of any of it. And honestly, I don't think those sons of bitches really thought things through either. Anyways, in the end, we decided the simpler the better, and settled on an old industry favourite. The Tar Baby. What? It apparently works on brares. Why not bears? We hit up the local tar mart to purchase our supplies. Listen, big boy. And will that be all for you gentlemen today? No, you know what? Let me get some of this invisible shit in front of me too. If the captured Nondi was female, it would be lured in by the generous amounts of Axe body spray that we meticulously applied to the tar baby in the time-honoured manner of double pits to Chesty. If the bear was male, it would be drawn the same way all males are drawn to pretty much anything. A pair of voluptuous, incredibly weird-looking National Geographic boobs. That's my girlfriend, Erica, and believe you me, her jugs are like nothing you've ever seen. Unless you've seen a colostomy bag. Where was I? Ah yes, I had just spent the entire night fashioning a pair of the weirdest, most titillating tits imaginable out of long circus clown balloons and tar. They hung low, they hung weird, and they were more molestable than a Jonas at Neverland Ranch. No Nondi would be able to resist. They would forthwith become stuck in the sensual substance, and simple as that, we'd have our first documented subject to observe. We've situated ourselves in some shrubbery several yards upwind of the tar baby, while we've been waiting for quite some time for the onset of the eclipse. This, my dear Chodesworth, is where the men are separated from the boys. What, J.C. Penney's? Shh! Do you hear that? Hear what? Me! Saying shh! 
Oh, for God Emperor's sake. No, no. That's the sound a seething flock of Nandy make when they descend upon the unfortunate skull-coated brain meat of their victims. Right, and crayons always taste the same as their colour. Taint Hammer, Nandy don't travel in flocks. Everyone knows that. The proper group collective noun for multiple bears is... Wait, a herd? Oh, I'll be damned. A covey? No. A school, perhaps? A school of bear? A pack? Oh, you must be talking oh, about... Oh, shut up, Jeff. Adults are speaking now. If we're trying to figure out what a group of cameras are called, we'll let you know. You know, I'm going to say it's a bevy. A quantity of bear converged to form a bevy. Well, obviously your iPhone is going to crash if you try to Google it out here, Erica. Everyone knows Apple released the G4s far too prematurely just to capitalize on trend-obsessed hipsters, and frankly, I'm surprised at your lack of better consumer judgment. Here, let's just use mine Blackberry, then. Hello, Barry? Listen, quick question for you, and I'll let you get back to work. What do you suppose a group of bears is called? A colony, really? Are you sure? No, we're kind of just guessing, too. Okie doke, so how's everything at the office? Quiet, all of you. The darkness, it comes. My gods, a litter of bears, a litter. Okay, okay, enough. No, I mean, think about it. A group of them? What if there's a group of them? We've only got one tar baby. That's only enough for one single nondi. For God's sake, Span, what if they come at us in a, a clutch or a, a gaggle or whatever? What'll we do? The rest we'd have to fight off or something. Elrond Hubbard, save us. Do you have any idea how to defeat a nondi bear in combat? I could call Barry. Taint Hammer, we just picked a whole bouquet of oopsie-daisies. For once, Chordsworth, you're right. If it comes down to it, we'll need to engage the beasts in fisticuffs. There's no magical silver bullet that puts them down. But these bears are not invincible. Local Bantu folklore suggests that there will be some sort of boss nandy which moves in predictable patterns and will have one vulnerable spot that is usually glowing red. Each successful strike at that spot should get it to drop power-ups. And if worst comes to worst, we could both probably outrun Jeff. What? You know how the old saying goes. Hey! Christ, I can't see a thing. Stay close. Remember, live together, die apart. A deafening silence then befalls us. A shiver runs down my spine, reminding my balls to defensively shrink up and seek shelter somewhere up inside my gooch. Would that I had a warm, safe gooch to shrink up into now. And then, we heard it. Faint, but clearly discernible. A ghastly, unspeakable sound of certain death. Our greatest fear, a reality. A whole freaking, uh, platoon of Nondi bears. Dear God, they're everywhere. Like a swarm of monstrous smoke. Steady, men. Let's give these bears a drubbing they shan't soon forget. Where are they? I can't see a damn thing. By Jove, I see something. Something in the dark. Floating eyes. Floating teeth. It's the ethereal cat spirit that speaks only in riddles. Yes. Uh, what? Look, the moon, it's returning. I can see. The tar baby. 
That's no ta, baby. It's... It's... Elbow deep in boob balloons. A producer? Hank? on In Search of the Brain-Eating Nondi-Bear. A trap has been set to capture one of the beasts. We decided the simpler, the better, and settled on an old industry favorite, the Tar Baby. No Nondi would be able to resist. They would forthwith become stuck in the sensual substance, and simple as that, we'd have our first documented subject to observe. The more creative locals had drafted plans and constructed an intricate Rube Goldberg device involving an overly complex hatch in the ground and some bird that would punch in a repeated coded number sequence with buttons that needed to be pressed to reset some timer, all sorts of... Imagine a large-scale communal research compound where scientists could work to understand the unique electromagnetic fluctuations emanating from this sector. There was an incident. They say that a dark spirit inhabits the jungle in times such as these. A mysterious cat-like creature which speaks in riddles through a floating set of teeth and eyes. Think about it. A group of them? What if there's a group of them? We've only got one tar baby. That's only enough for one single nondi. For God's sakes, man, what if they come at us in a, a clutch or a, a gaggle or whatever? Dear God, they're everywhere. Like a swarm of monstrous smoke. It's the ethereal cat spirit that speaks only in riddles. Yes. The tar baby. That's no tar baby. It's... It's... Our producer? Hank? Ah, seriously. What the hell is up with all these flashbacks? Trippier than smoking pot with a penguin named... Hey, hey, penguin dude. What what was your name? Wait, where'd he... Where'd he waddle off to? Taint Hammer, the large matronly African-American women of this continent must be outsourcing their mm childs to India with the amount of silly drivel that constantly pours from your mouth. <clears throat> we just call them African women here, Chodesworth. Well, that's silly. How do you distinguish the large matronly ones? No, I mean... Oh, I know you're not American, my dear. That doesn't stop me from loving you or the president any less. Moo! Moo! Oh, yes, Hank. Let's get you down from that sticky tar baby, buddy. Oh, look at him. Poor guy, all covered in tar, drawn to those weird-ass boob balloons like the Kool-Aid man to a load-bearing wall. M my... Hank, what big eyes you have. What big teeth. Well, put me in a group of bears and call me a shoal. 
Chodesworth passed out cold. Sheesh, well, don't everyone jump to help at once. <coughs> uh, dear Lord, what just happened? You fainted, Chodesworth. Fell into a deep sleep. Oh, sleep. I'll sleep when I'm dead. And tonight, probably. Oh, what, what day is it? I believe it's World Malaria Day. Hmm, but what to get the mosquito that has everything? But I, I was just... Wait, where did your crazy little tar-covered moo-cow friend go? <gasps> Hank! I said wait! <clears throat> As I was saying, where did your crazy little tar-covered moo-cow friend go? It's... it's the ethereal cat ghost. I remember now, when I... when I reached out and touched one of Hank's rubber boobs, my hand... The tar, I couldn't let go. I squeezed, and the more I squeezed, the more these these strange memories and thoughts began to deflate into my mind. That wasn't Hank at all. It was some bizarre simulacrum. It was the Cheshire Smoke Cat Monster, which speaks only in riddles. Suddenly, I was in the past, on our airplane again before it crashed. Make sure to use the call security password. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. But I wouldn't. I, I couldn't turn it off. Sir? Sir? Balls. Balls. It was my fault. I crashed the plane. Sweet baby Xenu, that dumb frickin' rule about portable electronic devices. If I'd only listened... Then I was watching the three of us, Jeff, Hank, and I, wash up on the beach. And then I saw it. Hank was the first of us to wake, and there it was, the smiling cat ghost. Only it wasn't the cat ghost at all. It was Hank's wife, Sarah, calling to him. Why is Sarah calling you? Because she was afraid, Dad. For you. The vaporous cat creature tried to take him as a host. But Hank's mind couldn't bear the burden, and the creature became angry. And it drove him mad. Chodesworth, this is beyond preposterous. For God's sake, man, that's like paleoposterous. Now wait, let me explain. Okay, go right ahead. I said wait. <clears throat> As I was saying, the floating smoke cat takes the form of that which we love and cherish most in order to seduce us and steal us away from our very selves. Taint Hammer, the entity is looking for a new host to inhabit. You know what I think, Chodesworth? I think you're full of crap. You know, Taint Hammer, there was a time when I thought that same thing about number two pencils. Wouldn't go near them for the longest time, but I mean, why would anybody want to use those? Poo finger or something. Turns out, just lead. Just lead up in there like any other pencil. You've got to believe me. Okay, then where is this cat ghost now? Well, plop my ass in gin and call it a badonkatini. It's. it's fing Bet Midler. Why, why she's even more mesmerizing in person. No, Chodesworth. Back away from Bette Midler. You'll contract mad cow disease. What the? 
Ned Midler, she's transforming into what appears to be a hyena. But bigger. About the size of a lion. Or lion-sized hyena. Why, it's glorious. It's a magnificent white Nandi bear bounding majestically through the air. A magical bear. I must have it. No, Chodzvat, it's not a real bear. White bears, they cannot jump. Yes, yes, you're right. I'm, I'm fighting it. Tank Tama, the beast appears to be looking at you now. It will soon become something that you truly desire. You must fight it, no matter what it is. Amina amejifunika kanga kichwani. Erika? <gasps> Tank Tama, why you skeezy little... Wait, Chodzvat, I can explain. I said wait! I was. Ah, yes. Well, clearly I've been secretly in love with Erika the entire time, and thusly the shape-shifting Schmoke Midler has chosen that particular form in order to tempt me, effectively blowing my cover in the process. But, but... But why would I choose a fake imitation Erika, you ask? When I could have the real Erika right here, all to my own? Ha-ha! <laughs> Taint Hammer, put her down! Don't worry, Chodzvat. I'll let you have the number two Erika over there. The one filled with dookie. No, Erica, where are you? I, I can't see through this swirling smoke. Tang Tama! All's fair in love and cryptozoology, Chodsworth. Auf Wiedersehen! <laughs> Wait, no, where are you taking her? Erica! wrapped in a paradox. They exist as an impossible contradiction, and the more I investigate them, the more questions they seem to raise. Corn nuts. Corn or nut. Tasty snack or appalling medical condition. There are no answers. There are only questions. Perhaps even more ambiguous, alluring, and terrible, however, are the strange creatures that for the past three weeks our research team has sought to identify. The brain-eating Nandi bear. On a continent otherwise completely bereft of other species of bear, the Nandi seems an impossibility. They can be identified by smell, reputed to be something like a mixture of two-part fruit roll-up, three-part nightmare. They can be identified by sound, the peculiar shh noise they are known to make whenever they hunt or Shakira sings. And finally, they can be identified by sight. The fact that they are huge, half-decomposed zombie bears with slathering mouths full of cerebral pudding. But things aren't always as they seem, are they? Some words, for example, look and sound the same, yet have different meanings. Other words even mean the opposite of themselves. And opposite is a synonym for antonym. 
which makes the antonym of opposite another way of saying the word synonym. Our team began experiencing setbacks from the very beginning, as most of them immediately died in a violent plane crash. My be. With hardly any remaining supplies and almost no knowledge of the surrounding area, our remaining crew joined forces with local witch physician and douchebagologist Wolfgang von Tainthammer. In the grand tradition of entrapping deadly mysterious beasts with ridiculously slapdash constructed sex dolls, we went to work immediately constructing a tar baby. Not the racist kind, mind you. The sexy kind, covered in axe body spray and long circus clown balloons vaguely resembling the eccentric floppy tubular breasts ubiquitous to African women. During the full darkness of a lunar eclipse, we were attacked by what decidedly must have been a clutch, I don't know, a shoal, a harem, a harem of Nandi bears. The attack quickly subsided as the eclipse passed over, and by the new light of the pale moon, we saw what appeared to be our producer, Hank, undead, stark mad and mooing. But we were so wrong. Wronger than Shakira molesting the air and calling it singing. We'd captured a legendary and menacing spirit of the local folklore, an ethereal, shape-shifting Bette Midler monster, enraged and looking for a host to inhabit, a body to possess. In an attempt to lure Tainthammer towards it, the beast transformed into a facsimile of Erica, my topless girlfriend endowed with the beautifully flapping and curiously pliant boobs customary to Tempur-Pedic pillows and women from this region of the world. Tainthammer, his jealous and secret love for my shorty revealed, rejected the artificial bait Erica in favor of the real one, kidnapping her just as the furious smoke monster filled the entire vicinity with a tempest of dark, swirling wind. And here, here we are now, just me, the fake Erica, and our dim-witted, slack-jawed, fat-ass cameraman Jeff. What? Oh, shut up, Jeff. If you were any more bland, unexciting, and filled with cholesterol, you'd be on an Applebee's menu. Uh, Erica? Yeah. Oh, oh, give it up, smoke monster. I know it's just you. You'd have better luck convincing me that everybody was kung fu fighting. I mean, everybody? Yeah, not buying it. Just change your shape into something other than Erica, if you would. All you're doing is making me miss her more. Ah, Erica, I feel like I totally took you for granted. Like the 80s and all the jokes we passed up while there was a guy named Magic Johnson running around. <laughs> Seriously, Magic Johnson. <laughs> Dear Lord, imagine if the Washington Wizards had gotten a hold of that wand. I'll never forget that fateful day when first I met her. That day on the beach, after washing ashore and regaining consciousness, vomiting salt water, squinting up and seeing for the first time those, those weird-ass boobs hanging still like the mighty pendulums of time stopping. I didn't know what to think. Usually, whenever life hands you melons, you, you wonder if you have dyslexia, but not this time. Instead, I wondered, if I had just fallen in love.
cats on a gangster Sagging like a pair of pantyhose filled with suffocating hamsters Never seem to end like this trend of teen vampires Never seem to start like lawnmowers and campfires They keep going on like a 97 Camry Like Duncan MacLeod, always fighting through the centuries The alpha and omega melons, eternities Drooping in gravity like cumulus manatees Forever flapping and flopping and floating through infinity Unscathed from the mighty boat propeller of entropy Eternity would never seem long to me if I spent it with you and your long ass memories. Geographic boobs. They're so freaking weird. They're like giant hot pockets. Motorboating. It's a little more like rowboating. But instead of oars, you've got a tall kitchen bag full of Vaseline and hair. So you see, smoke monster, you might look like Erica, you might even look like a Nondi bear if you want, but you're nothing more than a homonym. You're not the same thing. It's like my cousin, John Travolta, always used to say, legally changing your name to impress girls doesn't work as well as you might think. Why, you turned back into Bette Midler. Oh, thank you, smoke monster. That's much better. I know you're not the real Bette Midler, but at least... I know that I know. I can't tell you how often in my life I've been disappointed, how much time I've wasted chasing after things that didn't exist or weren't what I thought they were, weren't as they seemed. Days wasted in elementary school looking for a, a goddamn bee that could spell. So many nights wasted in college traipsing through back alley clubs, determined to find this piano man and to hear him sing us all his fabled siren song. Lies! All lies and fabrications! People keep saying mothballs smell bad, but where do they keep finding these goddamn moths with balls? And, and why, why do they keep sniffing them? I mean, fool me once, you know? <gasps> What's that? It's Taint Hammer's Blackberry. He must have dropped his phone in the commotion of the escape. Let's just see what we have here. A text from Barry. Sup, foo. Um, hmm. Need to act natural here so he'll think I'm Taint Hammer. Let's see. Taint Hammer usually calls Barry and asks a lot of questions. Um, Barry, are mothballs real? Yes. Know what I'm saying. Okay, then, um, is it weird that people smell them? What does he say? WTF? What? Why would anybody abbreviate Whiskey Tango Foxtrot? It takes away the whole freaking point of Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. What the fuck, Barry? Another one. 
Yo, are you still on the way to the crib, i.e. secret scientific research base? Wait, did I just read that correctly? I.E. secret scientific research base? Sweet, stinky moth nuts made of corn now he insists on abbreviating the Latin id est, which in effect means in effect to I.E. Oh, these kids and their damn cell phones and their text message abbreviations. I before E unless after C, asshole. And before O, if McDonald has a farm first. Never on their own. Okay, settle down. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Um, yes. Ja, ja, I'm on my vey. Yes. Shit just hit the fan over here, so, so, had to move my fan somewhere else with less ballistic shit flying around. Anyways, got mixed up, took a wrong turn at the dense trees and foliage. Text me the Addy again so I can Google Maps it. He says, K. What? Now's not the time for potassium. I need the address. Aha, and here it is. The address. All right, make haste. Come on, Jeff. You can keep breathing almost exclusively from your mouth when we get there. We have to go save Erica. Spoke Midler? You want to come with us? You want to help? Well, yes, the more the merrier, I agree. In concept, but still the logistics alone of seriously getting everyone kung fu fighting. It's, it's, it's just hard to believe. to the top-secret Nondi research facility. Just imagine if these walls could talk. Jesus, that'd be scary, wouldn't it? A talking wall? Okay, so here's the plan. First, Jeff, I'll need your drawing board to... Jeff, you, you did remember to bring the drawing board, didn't you? Oh, bloody hell. Great, Jeff. That's just great. Well, I guess it's just back to the... Oh, goddammit! Or, yeah, Smoke Midler, I guess you could just materialize on the other side of the door and open it for us. Sweet Nandis of Gandhi, what the hell is going on in here? This place is huge, and everywhere, bears, caged bears, and so many, literally a shitload. Named after the 18th century French mathematician Jean-Francois Shitload. And the brains, brains, just everywhere. Why, in that cage there, in front of that little bear, brains to the brim of a quaint little honey jar that looks as though it's rather difficult, a bother perhaps, to entirely get into. And there, in front of that bear, brains stuffed into what appears to be some sort of picnic basket. Everywhere, brain-filled bowls of honeycomb, brain-filled bowls of sugar crisp, James Lipton in a brain-splattered Chicago sports jersey. Oh, the humanity! The poor little guys all just seem scared and confused, not interested at all in eating brains. We must set them free. But what's that over there in the corner? What's in that large cage that says, caution, top secret? Stop! <gasps> Taint hammer time. Oh, sweet mother of Montauk, seriously? 
Well, yee-haw, if it isn't the douches of Hazard. Taint Hammer, I knew I should never have trusted you. Follow your gut. It always turns out to be an asshole in the end. What is this place, Taint Hammer? All these bears and brains. I assume it's somehow more of your sly and devilish charlatanry? Ah, but you should never assume, Chordsworth. When you do, you make an ass out of Umi over there. <laughs> Why are you trying to abuse me, no, sir? I'm just trying to do my I'm job. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. However, for once, Chordsworth, you are not so far from the truth. But are you sure you're ready to hear? Opening Pandora's box often comes with a price. Lobster dinner somewhere usually, and market prices vary a bit there place to place. Decades ago, I created this top-secret research station to monitor and track all Nandi Bear activity in the region. However, upon first starting our highly sensitive electromagnetic surveillance equipment, there was an incident. There was an incident. Our equipment punctured some sort of bizarre electronic pocket into the surrounding atmosphere, releasing high amounts of strange, volatile energy that has to this day interfered with our equipment's ability to properly function. All of our high-tech surveillance gear has become practically useless in tracking wild Nandy. I mean, we might as well be looking for a pair of three-legged skinny jeans. So I decided to, shall we say, change tactics a bit. My team of witch doctors and researchers have worked round the clock collecting bears from all over the world, trying to figure out a way to make them eat brains. All I need is but one single bear out of this entire skulk pod to eat just a little bit of brain, and I can document the data and bring the discovery back to my glorious motherland. Wait, so you've been the one taking villagers' brains all along in order to tempt regular ass bears into becoming, or at least looking like supposed brain eaters? That's just ridiculous, Taint Hammer. It's like those drive-through ATMs that for some reason have Braille written on them. You're sucking at the long, slinking teat of failure, my friend, and it's time to give up. Now where's Erica? Erica, my love, I thought I would never see your boobs again. Look at them, going up and down, literally, both up and down, like staircases in an M.C. Escher painting. Not so fast, Chodes Worthless. I feel the time has drawn nigh to officially sever our little partnership. Prepare to be hewn asunder like the mythical levitating rainbow donkey. <gasps> a rainbow? Nine! A piñata! Piñata? Piñata! Piñata! I say piñata, you say. What's that you say, Smoke Midler? What, what do you hear? Oh no, is it Shakira? Wait, I recognize that sound. It... it can't be. The large, heavily fortified cell in the corner, labeled Top Secret, it's beginning to shake. And suddenly, faster than you can say, Lost had a convoluted cop-out ending. The swirling smoke midler is shooting across the room, phasing through the cell wall, and it's... it's gonna blow! Nandi! Debris scatters everywhere and smoke fills the room. 
standing before us is an enormous, bleary-eyed creature blinking as though it had just woken up from a long, long nap and is now looking for a delicious snack. What? No, no! Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, start! <laughs> Me? Or an appalling medical condition? <laughs> Moo! <laughs> Moo! <laughs> but was it a brain-eating Nondi bear that emerged from the cage? How can this be? How could they not have known? Rather than slurping out his cerebellum, this bear seems to merely have nipped Taint Hammer. Yet, yet now, almost instantly, the double-crossing German douchebrat has sprung wildly to his feet, and he's running in small semicircles, and he, he just darted out the side entrance into the wilderness, mooing hysterically into the night. Of course, we had it wrong all this time. Mad cow, it's a brain-eating disease. One that the Nondi simply transmits to its victims, just like oh, the ethereal Midler monster. You're, you're a Nondi bear, and you were right under our noses this whole time, like the balls of a mothman. But now it seems you've found your original body. Taint Hammer must have had it the whole time and been unaware, being that it was just a dull, empty Nondi sack. Our equipment punctured some sort of bizarre electronic pocket into the surrounding atmosphere, releasing high amounts of strange, volatile energy. That strange, volatile energy. That was you. Taint Hammer's equipment must have separated you from yourself, like meaning stripped from a word. And all this time you've wandered the jungles, a lost spirit, until now. And with that final arcane and esoteric riddle, the Nondi Bear rises and bounds out the main entrance of the compound, disappearing into the dark abyss of the Kenyan jungle. Holy shitballs, Jeff, do you know what this means? Nondi bears do exist, and we got it all on film. That big-ass Nondi came exploding through the wall of that cage, and that, that was the money shot, Jeff. And not the kind that you find spattered on the collarbone of some chick on the internet. The kind that, that makes your bloody career. Well, okay, I guess that could still apply to her. But you know what, Jeff? That Nondi wasn't the only one out there doing some soul-searching. I feel like I've found more than just a different type of bear, a magical bear. I feel like I've found a different type of Connor. One who's complete again, who believes in himself now, who follows his heart no matter what. And, and you know what, Jeff? Jeff? Erica? Erica, w where, where is everybody? Oh no. Erica, oh, tell me you didn't run off with... Oh, you've got to be f***ing kidding me, Jeff? Seriously? That tottering pear-shaped hominid? Erica, for God's sakes, seriously? God, I should have known better than to ever trust a girl whose name is mentioned in Mambo Number 5. It's like, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, and you must have boobs. Boobs that hang like weird-ass, drooping Martian Muppets on Sesame Street. Yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
In a perfect world where every massage and every story has a happy ending, where hard work is always rewarded and paternity tests always come back negative, I'd have gotten the girl, gotten my revenge, and attained true success. But in the end, Taint Hammer got his comeuppance with mad cow disease, and I have the film that will make my career. Two out of three people curiously named Meatloaf agree. Two out of three ain't bad. Let's just have a little look-see at the camera footage, shall we? Hmm, lens cap seems to be on. <laughs> Let's just hope that it wasn't on this whole motherfucking time. Jeff, you squarely fat little congested shit, where are you? You had one job, one job. We, we have no actual documented visual footage, nothing of the Nondibear, the top secret research facility, the ethereal smoke meddler, Erica's boobs, none of it, just a, a bunch of freaking audio. Audio? What the hell am I ever going to do with that? Release it on some shitty podcast or something? You think anybody ever listens to that crap? <laughs> no, no, of course not. And they're certainly never going to pay for it. I want a Nobel Prize, you hear me? A Nobel Prize, not some goddamn worthless... Parsec or whatever the fuck. Damn it, Jeff. And everything I would like to be. I can fly than an eagle. You are the wind beneath my wings. Yeah. Salmon. 